review a little bit from uh, from yesterday's slate, from from the Monday night slate. Go through some results, DB. Take a look at some sharper player lineups. See see what how we can improve our game. Uh, take a little bit of look at uh, we have a fifteen game slate today with the one like what second game of a doubleheader uh, type of thing. I don't think there's that much weather going on today. Well, there's weather going on, but just nothing that'll nothing that'll stop a baseball game. And uh, and answer your DFS strategy questions in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Hit that thumbs up button. Helps us out. First thing in the door, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. I see uh, I see Brian C., Jim Steele, J- Dave Spaggs, Suki Singh, Matt Mears, Jerome Lewis, Shannon Lambert, Zach Hobbs, Daniel Hutchins, Michael Dompier, Cardfinch, Bacalypse, Andrew Garcia. We got, we, got, we got them all. We got them all in here. Got Devin. Also, producing the show in the chat as well with all the emojis. And uh, and yesterday, Jim Steele says, I had too much cores. I fell for it. You know, I, when cores is chalky, I don't play it as much, as much. Yesterday, uh, I, play, I played the Super Knuckleball. I played a 150 in the, in the $5 Super Knuckleball. You'd figure that my, my two most exposed teams were the Reds and the Braves. They both put up 12 runs, and I still lost money. I still lost money, right? Because I didn't have enough of Cole. I played a lot of Montes, who uh, didn't get there with 10 points. Uh, and, and I had more Montes and Gausman than Cole or Miley. I still have plenty of Toussaint. Uh, but I just uh, didn't have the right combinations, right? I had Cincinnati, Atlanta, and the Dodgers. The Dodgers didn't get there. The Dodgers lineup changed after lock. I'm playing a ton of the Dodgers. And then they released their lineup like 20 minutes after lock. And it's no Will Smith, no Corey Seager, no Cody Bellinger. Well, this lineup sucks now. You got Paul Pujols and McKinney and guys in there. Now, I, I have to, it took me a half an hour just to, to change all my lineups uh, after that. Maybe I should have played less of the Dodgers then. Uh, and I still play plenty of the Padres, which is not, not, as, not as much as the field. Uh, but we can see here, pitching-wise, uh, people apparently didn't seem all that concerned that Cole was, wasn't going to pitch 100 pitches yesterday because people acted as if uh, paying 10-9 for someone that's going to go 90 pitches was worth it, and they, and they got bailed out. And they got bailed out anyway. Still had nine strikeouts. Uh, so, so, I don't know. I, was, I, was, I didn't have no Cole, but I had significantly less than 42% of him. A Gosman got killed in the, in the, what, the sixth inning or whatever. He gave up three runs, so that, like, ruined his score. Uh, Tukey was a little shaky in the beginning, gave up two home runs, but then came back pretty well. Wade Miley had got, a, what, an eight strikeouts, seven, eight strikeouts. Uh, then I wasn't expecting that. I know it's the Cubs. Uh, I, had about the, I had about 20%, so, I mean, okay. So it's not like I was dramatically different. But the Montes thing, right? I mean, a, a lot of sharper players like Nor- Neil Orfield need lunch money. The Colts, JB Sitting, Machis. Seems like more of a consensus that you know, Montes for 18% owned. I thought he would be a little bit lower. I thought he'd end up at like 14 or so. I didn't think Cole would be 42. I thought Cole would be like, yeah, maybe 36. I think Gosman and Cole would be about the same. I thought Tukey Toussaint would be more. I thought I thought he'd be thirty plus percent owned. That was, that was, I mean, that was the pitching, and then I just sprinkled in a whole bunch of different other pitchers. 
Right. I play. I played a lot of uh, Justin Fleming, who did fine. He pitched a while. He only just only got two strikeouts. I mean, he got eleven points for like what sixty five hundred. But he was like kind of my my cheap pitcher. And what I like to do on slates like this, where people are trying to get in these higher priced pitchers, is play more expensive stacks. That's why I, I chose the you know the Reds, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Well, the die with the Dodgers original original the projected lineup not what ended up happening because it's it's hard to play it's hard to it was hard to even play something like Cole and Gosman with Tuki Toussaint or Miley in those types of lineups it just so happened that my, a lot of my Reds lineups had like Kyle Farmer and Eugenio Suarez right the, the key pieces in the Reds lineup that you needed was India Barnhart and Aquino and it's not like I didn't have them it's just that I had a lot of Farmer and, and Suarez and Votto you know mixing around and that wasn't going to get it done in a large field GPP. And then for the Atlanta, I had a lot of, you know, more lineups with Solaire and Riley in it. And Riley didn't have a bad game, but I mean, I think he had 11 points. Solaire had like seven, but he needed Albies, Freeman, Duvall, Darno. I mean, I still had those types of lineups, just, just not all together. Right. Having Cincinnati Atlanta and then having it with like Gausman and Fleming. And being like 25 points behind first place, like that type of lineup. So I still have plenty. But you see here, I mean, some people went, went took some Padres, but across the board, look at Tatis. Shortstop is like I understand if you're paying if you're paying up at shortstop, if you're building lineups and you have shortstop one-offs with Tatis. Okay, I, I get that. I still have plenty at Tatis. For the shortstop position, same for the Trevor Story, 13%. Okay, I get it. We play Cronenworth instead because the, the Tatis and, and Cronenworth are both eligible to just shortstop. So I, I get the, the, the I get the Padres. Were they overowned? I don't know. Like as a stack and as a whole, you got Frazier at 15, you got Tatis 29, Machado 18, Cronenworth 13. Frazier 15, Nola 12, Hosmer 11, Grissom 11. Myers is here somewhere. Myers 7. I mean, they were they, they were the most owned stack, but not like not as dramatically as you would have expected. The Rockies, I, the, I think the Rockies were overwhelmed. Connor Joe, 26%. Of course, he gets there, right? The truck, the truck back gets there. The truck cheap guy. It's a leadoff home run in the beginning of the game. Crone, 15% down. He has a walk-off at the end. Story. Brendan Rodgers, 10%. Blackman, not so much. Where's Blackman? Blackman, 6%. So maybe maybe not. As a five-man, maybe not his own with, the, with some of these single-digit owned pieces. But other than that, I mean, there wasn't really standout. I mean, we yeah, Reds, I guess, right? Castellanos, 13. Suarez, 10. India, 9. The Braves, Riley, 7. Albi, 7. I think the Braves were under-owned. Then you have the, the, the Astros. They were cheaper. Brantley, Alvarez. So it's like pieces... What, what ends up happening is that we have pieces of stacks that are fairly owned. But like as a five man, there's always like one or two guys in there that 
they're they're not like Altuve was only six percent, even though you know two Astros guys were fairly chalky. You can say the same thing for the Yankees. I mean, like, and Judge was twelve percent, but no one else, no one else was really owned. A little bit more of a spread out night yesterday. I just thought the Padres would be a little bit more owned. But really, I think they I think they ended up being probably under owned. It doesn't matter that they didn't succeed. Who cares? I'm judging my play based on what what had I known, had I known that type of philosophy. We could project ownership all we want beforehand, but until we actually see it, you're like, had I known that uh, the, the, the Reds went a little bit higher on than I thought, but I still, I still would have played plenty of them in comparison to the Padres. But I didn't go so far off the board or anything. I guess the, I guess the, I guess the, the Dodgers were, right? The, I mean, like Pollock. 6.9%. Turner, both Turners, 12%, 5%. But it's hard to say if, if, if the Dodgers were under-owned because like three, three of the better hitters just were in the lineup. So it's like, had I known that prior to 7.05, I may not, not have, I may not have had as much of the Dodgers. I mean, I still probably would have been over on them, but... <coughs> I was playing them under the under the guys that their lineup would actually be from one from one to one to eight be actually good. Not have Pujol stuck in the middle over there, playing Chris Taylor up in the lineup, Austin Barnes, who doesn't really do much. But it shows you that I mean I I could have a ton of the Reds, ton of the Braves, they both score 12 runs and I still lose money. That's that's the inevitability of top heavy payout structure. Yet you have to be nearly perfect. You're pretty much perfect. We go back to I mean the winning lineup was a mess. So good luck, good luck replicating that. Gray Poupon. See, here, here you go. Here's Cole Miley, Cincinnati five man, Atlanta three man. I mean, it's like I had lineups that looked like this, but not exactly like this. So I wouldn't have Cole here. I'd have Montes here. And I wouldn't have Aquino here. I'd have Castellanos, right? Like that, that, that's what the lineup would look like. So the difference is the difference is 20 points there and another 10 to 15 points. There. I mean, yeah, you, you're down. I could probably find, I could probably find my top one. Let's see. Blend. Okay. You're th- 385, 184, right? The Atlanta five man, Darno, Freeman, Alves, Duval, Soler, twelve, not bad, right? And then then three one offs, Zimmer, good, Correa had a home run and Chapman had a home run. But look at my pitchers: Gosman eighteen, Fleming eleven. But I mean, if you looked at this lineup on a lot of other slates, like this is a winning lineup. I got what I got out of out of out of all the players. Like, I mean, here's another lineup. Another Atlanta stack with Montes and Toussaint, right? Atlanta stack with Solaire, but Brendan Rodgers, Josh Donaldson, Bradley, and I have a bunch of Bradley Zimmer one-offs. Do I have a Cincinnati stack up here? Here's a Cincinnati stack. Cole Gosman, okay, jam both of them in. Naquin Aquino, Farmer Suarez, which really didn't get there. 
Jonathan India. They have Torinos, Joe as a one-off, which I didn't have that much of Joe. And Will Myers as a one-off. And okay, that still didn't didn't get there. So I had a I had a whole lot of lineups in this range. I mean, but uh not not the magical combination to get to the top. Right. And when you're playing 150, you're playing 150 lineups in a five dollar contest, that's 750 bucks. I mean, you'll need to you need to get some some type of lineup somewhere in the top 20, 30-ish, something, just to kind of even break even. Let alone make money. I mean, look, look at look at the payout curve on this. 10th place, a thousand bucks. First place, a hundred thousand bucks. The difference between first and third is 10%. The difference between first and 10th is 1%. So you got to be aiming up there. Going through the YouTube chat. Let's see. Dave Spag was trying to set up a team as 100% as secondary stack, but it would not do it. I'd left all others untouched and put one team at 100%. What am I doing wrong? I have no idea. That should work. I don't know why you'd want a, a team as 100% secondary stack. Depend, I don't know. I don't know what the other settings you, you something in something in whatever build rules where you is conflicting with that. Jim Steele, how blender can you take us through your daily process? I, I've done that 7,000 times. Feel free to go, th go through pregame shows. My daily, find, get the teams that are less owned for, for their ceiling. Done. You're done. It's not complicated. I can make, I made 150 baseball. I, okay. This, this, is, this is how long it took me to make 150 baseball lineups for yesterday's Super Knuckleball. Seven minutes. That's it. That's it. Done. Seven minutes from start to finish. Okay. Which includes three minutes of time. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit because I had to do two iterations. Okay. 10 minutes, total of 10 minutes. And it takes like, it takes like two minutes in order for it to even generate 150 lineups. You select your, your, your I, I'm removing pitchers. That I'm I don't I'm I'm not gonna play in my pool. I'm putting only in stack rules, like only clicking on the only in stacks button on like all the all the hitters. Basically, I'm the, the only players that are not gonna be in stacks are gonna be like the power hitters on the teams. So I'll go through the I'll go through every team. And he's like, you know, like, oh, if I'm I'm not gonna have a Jonathan Daza one-off, right? Trevor Story one off but Daza is only in stacks so I go through all the teams and do that right you can do that earlier it doesn't even take it you could do that earlier in the day right and then I'm playing now on a large slate I'm playing five man stacks I'm pr primarily playing five x five whatever I get five threes I get five two ones I get whatever then I go and in the stack since I'm playing five man I don't even care about secondary stack numbers so I go to the stacks page and I Choose how many of what stacks I need until it adds up to like 102. You can do it to 100, but sometimes it's a little bit too constraining on the optimizer. So if you want 150 lineups, you do it up to 100. Sometimes you'll get 147 lineups, right? You'll get stuck or something because it's trying to fit into, you know, a perfect number 
a hundred, like it's getting there. And it's like, I can't, it's not going to be exact. So I give it a little bit of leeway. And then I go and I fill out, you know, 14% Reds, 14% Braves, 14% Dodgers, 10% Padres. I go down until it adds, until whichever one adds up to 102. One Marlins stack, right? One, which ends up being like one or two in 150. You do all that. There you go. Press the button. You press the button, you build it. Then you see how it comes out with 150 lineups. I sort by team on the lineup screen. I see if anything's missing. Right? Oh, I'm playing a lot of a lot of the Braves, but I only have Freddie Freeman in three lineups. It's jamming in Gil Heredia instead. Like that type of thing. <coughs> so that's when I'd go through and go, Fred, Freddie Freeman's only in, <coughs> in 3%. <coughs> I put his minimum at 8%. Or I, I cap Heredia at four, right? Instead of getting him, he's coming in 11% of my line. It's like, no, screw that. I know I'm playing a pun and done on the Braves, but I'm bumping up Freeman and bumping down Heredia so I get more of the better players. So I do that through the whole thing. And then you run it again. And then it's 7.04, and then you upload. And you're playing more of the teams that have a higher ceiling in comparison to their ownership. You could use Slate IQ that we have on Roto Grinders to make g- general determinations of that. What are the chances that the top stack and how, how much are they owned? Are they under or over owned? I'm going to play more of the under owned teams that have high ceilings. You could be under, like the Marlins were under owned yesterday. They also have very low ceilings. Doesn't mean you don't play any. I'm playing 150 lineups. So I'll, I'll play one or two Marlins stacks against. A, a decently chalky Tuki Tucson. Sure, okay. That's worth it. You could have decided to play eight, eight of the okay, but just understand it's a low ceiling team. The Reds, the Braves, the Dodgers. This, these, these are not bad teams. These are good hitting teams. Jesse Atfield, morning. Some slate site sports don't have ownership. How does that affect your levers and lineups? Or do you avoid altogether if there's no ownership? Or another way to calculate? Just I've showed this before. It's almost like people don't watch the show. Like there are, pro- there are probably plenty of people in the chat right now that have watched the show since the beginning of the year and feel like it's on repeat, like every week and every other day. Because people just don't want to go back to previous shows. That People don't, I don't know. When I started, when I started playing, let, let me just put, put things into perspective. I started playing in October, 2015. I was just playing soccer. Okay. About three months in, I, I, I was trying to learn as much as I can. Now there, there, there wasn't much soccer DFS content out then. But I was wanted to learn about the game. So you know what I did? I watched old Roto-Grinder shows. They had game theory shows. They had strategy shows, not, not, not like, oh, this is a slate from whatever, like that, that type of analysis, but there were tons, tons, I mean, tons, hours, I'm talking about tens, if not hundreds of hours. And you know what I did? I watched it all. Watch, I mean, shows from, from four years, I mean, just from 2012, podcasts. I read uh, Jonathan Bales stuff and he, Bales was on a bunch of stuff. 
on Roto Grinders back way back when. So I just looked for anything that had him on it and I watched. Didn't matter. I didn't no idea what they were. Some basketball slate from 2013. I have no idea who these people are, who the players are, or anything. Just gauging what 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 did it, how they're piecing stuff together. And Bales would talk about some stuff every once in a while. I'm like, oh, that's very similar and very similar to poker. So that's how I put those concepts together. So just watch every, I mean, what it sounds, it sounds crazy. But if you want to learn, if you want to learn how to be a great DFS player, you know, you know, this show, start from the beginning. Watch this is typically in about 45 minutes to an hour long. And it's already been probably 150 of them. There you go. Now you not now you know what 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 you're gonna be doing. You can start for last year, and there's probably more. There's probably 200, 300 hours of videos I've done. Go so start with day one. And you watch it. Sounds sounds crazy, but you'll actually learn something. That's that's how I learn. That's the main reason why, like, I don't I don't like stupid questions because it's like the information is out there. What do you do if you have no ownership? Well, you could you could run, you could run the optimizer. You could run to get some sense. Like we have ownership here. Let's say Corbin Burns, thirty-seven uh, percent. We have we have it here, projected. And this doesn't mean anything now. Ten thirty in the morning. Thirty-seven percent. What's the highest stone hitter? Twenty-five percent. If that may not even be that. Looks like 30 and 20. Let's just say 30 and 20. So here we go. We'll put unique players to, you know, some, some type of, yeah, some type of diversification. I'll put my hitter max exposure at 20, my pitcher max exposure at 30. And we're using the bat projections. You could get an aggregate of these projections. So you're using the bat, you're using the plate IQ, you're using projections from other places. Because other Different projection systems would be slightly different. And obviously, depending on what they project as will affect the ownership. But if you want to get a sense, here's 300 lineups with some amount of diversification, with some cap on pitcher and hitter. I'm just going to run it, run 300 lineups. Now, it's better to be got an aggregate because if you're not it's not just the bat projection because if it's just the bat projections, I mean you probably get a little bit more of uh, I Wynoa. Well, he's going to be owned, so I mean he projects well. Dylan Bundy, you could probably get a little bit more Dylan Bundy, not as much Alec Manoa, right? Just based on the point per dollar, you get more Bailey over, and Taylor Hearn. Like Taylor Hearn is going to come up. Like when this runs, Taylor Hearn is going to get like like 20 something percent. He's not going to be 20% for 4,700. You'll see, you'll see that. Gutierrez, we have projected 4%, 5%. That may come up a little bit more. Manoa and Alcantara are going to be more owned. They have more raw points, but the bet doesn't like them as much. Point per dollar. Doesn't project as well. They're probably not going to come. They're probably going to come in like 10, 10% of lineups, if that.
So you can just do this. Are you going to get the exact numbers? No, no, that's not the point. Oh, you actually get a bunch of them in there. Oh, you actually get a bunch of stuff because it has to spend the money somewhere, right? Okay. So it gives you a sense of what the ownership, who's going to be owned. Like Connor Joe, Connor Joe, like we have him, currently we have Connor Joe at 6% owned. He's not going to be 6% owned. He's going to be 20 plus percent owned. He's still 2,800 leading off in course field. So even the ownership that we have currently is wrong. Trevor Story is not going to be 1%. Right? They, someone just run, ran the whatever, basic algorithm just to have a number there, just to put a number there, to sum it. Based on whatever, I don't know, what other, maybe the, the Rockies are really low somewhere else. Does PlayDQ have them lower? But then you just get a sense. You'd be like, okay. I mean, this is not even running without any like any type of stacking. Right? You look at this and go three hitter stacks. Okay, so Minnesota, because Minnesota's too cheap for their total. Minnesota, Colorado, maybe some Philadelphia, LA. Like in, you could see what the chalk's gonna be. I mean, the bat X projections are not gonna be like absurdly different from like around the industry. That may be higher in certain teams, higher in certain players, lower in certain teams, lower in certain players, but not, it's not going to be like dramatic. Right? You can look at the stack projections page. You can see what the ceilings, you can see the point per dollar right here. It's like, okay, Pirates, Twins, Indians, Cubs, right? You can take a look at these ceilings and you go, okay, the, the Cubs actually, Cubs, Phillies, Rockies, and see how many of the top stacks. So Astros, you see the twins, the twins show up a lot because they're the top point per dollar, according to the bat. They're going to be chalky. So there you go. The exact number? I don't necessarily care that much about the exact number as, as of this point until, you know, 6.30 before lock. Then these, these numbers will be, they'll be there. But on a slate that doesn't have ownership, or, here, you could do this obviously you could also create your own ownership. You know, you could do, you can even make it in Excel, simulate ownership based on the projection set that you're using with certain parameters. You could do something like that. But I mean, how many people have the skills to do that? And even then it's not, it doesn't necessarily be all that accurate. All I, all, all you need is to be directional. Direct, okay, you get a sense of who, uh, who the chalk, who's not going to be the chalk. Right. Let me take a look at this and you go, okay, Manoa, Alcantara, Bundy, Burns, Manoa. So you'd be still get a plenty of Hearn, but Hearn's not going to be 15% owned. Right. Logan Webb will probably be more owned than 2% based on his past, his past game logs. So you could do something like this. Just go, okay, who shows up more, more often than not? Because other people are looking at the same thing that you are. You're getting a ton of Dylan Bundy here, then other people are going to get a ton of Dylan Bundy also. That, so to me, that's that's one way. Oh, well, you don't have ownership. We'll just run, run. I would suggest an aggregate projection set where, you know, you you download the bat projections or whatever, and the plain execute projections and projections from other places. We average it out. And then you upload that back 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 to lineup HQ, and then you're running three hundred. 
You have to set a cap on something because it we out like like Dylan Bunny's if, if Dylan Bunny's not gonna be hundred percent on. So if I didn't set a cap on these build rules, like I just get a hundred, it just would give me like as much of the best point per dollar plays as possible. But obviously that's not gonna be ownership. So like if only 30% of the people play this, then who else is gonna be played on the other line? So that that that's why you set those caps. On a 15 game slate, maybe no pitchers more than 30% and no hitters more than 20%. But you'll see here that, you know, setting it in like that, that, you know, like Connor Joe and like, where's Connor Joe? Where's Mr. Joe? Where did Joe go? Yeah, 20%, right? I mean, look at all these 20 percenters. I'll show you who's going to be playing the twins. We got twins. We got Cubs. We got some Phillies, some Padres, some Astro. I mean, there you go. There you get a sense. It's not complicated, right? through the YouTube chat. Scroll back, scroll back. Chris Schumacher. Hey, Jordan, can you talk through your thought process and strategy, which you, I'll, I'll show you that this is not strategy. You use when after making high plus EV lineups, whether to go on over or underweight or chalk and star. It depends if they fit in the lineups. It's a matter of diversification, not strategy. I ended up yesterday. Yesterday, let's. I'll show you my 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 exposure. Let's see where, where are we go. I was there before. Ownership. Do we have all the? No, I cleared it out. This is me. Okay. This was my exposure. No, this I, I don't like the way this looks. Okay. Yesterday, I twenty two percent to tease because he was the highest projected shortstop. Obviously, he's going to get into a lot of lineups. Right, but I still had 70% Cronenworth. I had 16% Mashah. I still have plenty of, plenty of Padres, but more so as one-offs than, than in stacks. So what am I going to do? That He projects so much better than everyone else. And if the shortstop in the stack that I'm playing, if I'm playing the Twins stack, well, how does the lineup look with Andrelton Simmons in it versus having a cheaper outfielder from having Jake Cave from the Twins and then Tatis at the shortstop spot with like a 20-point projection? It was an absurd projection yesterday. So I'm going to get a lot of it. If you don't want as much, then cap him or something. I don't even think I did cap Tatis. I capped Connor Joe. That's why you could see Connor Joe down at 12. I knew Connor Joe would be like 20 to 28, 30% owned. Like how much, how much Connor Joe do I want? Oh, well, he got there. It's like, okay, I cap him at 12. He will show up primarily in Rocky stacks. And as one up, I was one up in some lineups. I, I probably should have done less. 
right? It would have been worse off for me, but I probably should have done less. That's why you go through everything. Like I had Duval, I had Albies, but at these, these rates, I was playing more Brave stacks. So they really weren't showing up as one-offs. Because if I say, if I, say I want 14% Braves, well, all of, all of the Braves have to combine to make those five-man stacks. So you can tell who you have more as a one-off than anything else. Like the Cubs, it's not like, look at Chirinos. It's not like I had that many Cubs stacks. So I know that Chirinos is, gonna, is a one-off in a lot of lineups. Because I have 16, I even 16% of my lineups, even though only 6% of my lineups are Cubs stacks. Justin Turner, right, Justin Turner. I had like 14% Dodger stacks. Well, he came in at 14%. So he's mostly just in Dodger stacks. It's because that's the percentage. Same for Castellano. A lot, a lot of these guys, I just in stacks. Like Freeman, I had to bump Freeman up in order to get more of them. But I'm doing it based on diversification, not based on strategy. If I was doing it just based on strategy, you know what I would have had yesterday? 33% reds, 30, I would have had, no, I would have had 25% uh, reds, 25% braves, 25% dodgers, and 25% positives. If I was doing just based on strategy, those are the only four teams I would have had in my entire player pool, right? And then, and, and I would have had uh, Cole, Miley, Montes, Toussaint, and Fleming. And that's it. That's all I would have had. Literally all. Five pitchers and four teams, and that's it. If it was just based on strategy. You know, but what's the problem there? Well, you're, that's very condensed, right? If you're not perfect, you put in, you put in $750, you know how much you get back? 30 bucks, right? Oh, one, oh, uh, a Minnesota stack goes off, you know, what, you know, Brandon Love, right? Yesterday with the Tampa Bay, right? Get two home runs. The Tampa stack actually did pretty well. I, I, there's no chance of me even having one of them, right? Because I have so many lineups that look the same, right? I'm playing the same four teams and five pitchers and just making as many combinations. Oh, this is a Reds Brave stack, but this has Heredia instead of Solaire. But other than, other than that, the lineup looks the same. As the other line. Oh, switch. Miley for Tucson. Oh, okay. That's it. My lineups look very similar to one another. Oh, this is a this is a Padres Reds. This is a Padres Braves. This is a Padres Dodgers. But on this Padres Dodgers, which have expensive players, this lineup has Fleming, you know, Fleming Tucson, right? So I have a lot of Fleming Tucson lineups because those are the only five pitchers in my life in order to play expensive stacks. To play Machado and Tatis in a Padres stack. Toussaint and the two cheapest pitchers in my, so all my lineups are going to look the same, which, which is fine. If you don't mind the swings of that, you're just going to say, I'm, I'm playing 150 lineups and uh, I don't mind if a lot of my lineups all look the same. They're one B ones. And if I'm right, I win. I take down half of the, I take down first, third, eighth, 10th, you know, you see it's scattered all because they're all because they look very so close to one another. So yeah, you get those once in a blue moon, right? When when you do win, you may win a lot, a lot, a lot, because you're taking multiple pieces of the prize pool up top. 
but most of the time you're gonna you, 95 plus percent of the time you're gonna be sitting going you know i turned 750 into 120 dollars right turn 750 into 100 bucks 150 bucks i'm gonna lose 600 dollars every slight business like this until i win one and it has to be first place and if i don't win first place for 100,000 you're gonna you're gonna lose you're gonna lose 600 picture 600 dollars a day for what 150 100 you know you're gonna be you'll, you'll lose uh, 75 to 90,000 dollars off this person's if you don't hit first place and if you hit first place that's 100,000 dollars so now you've made 25 grand you can you can do it that or you could choose to be more diversified because baseball is high variance. That sports are higher variance. I could say these are the four teams that, that I believe are the under owned the most, but I still, there's still ways to make lineups with over on. There's still the pirates should put up 12 runs today. They could, it's very low likelihood, but what does it hurt me for diversification stake to have two lineups like that? Right. So you play a Pirates five-man, and then your one-offs are from Atlanta, Cincinnati, San Diego, and the Dodgers, right? Your main core teams or something. And the main pitchers, right? When you're playing the Pirates stack, you don't have to worry about, you know, well, I could, I could, play, I could play a Chalky Gosman or a Cole in that lineup. Sure, yeah, and you could afford to. The Pirates are cheap. I'm not, am I going to play 50 of that lineup? Well, if I think the Pirates are so absurdly under-owned that you should be. You could choose to. That's what I mean. It's not strategy. This is we're all talking about diversification. Because I'm still making single entry. I'm hand building single entry three max type lineups where I'm that's I make, you know what I did yesterday? I played four single entry lineups. I play, you know, like or mid stakes. Like I'll play the $88 mid stakes. I'll play the 121. I'll play the 250 ball four. Like it's four max, but I'm not playing four lineups. I'm just playing one lineup. So I played four lineups yesterday into those. And then one fit, my 150 set is what I use lineup HQ for. So you know, you know what those four lineups were? There were five man stacks. One was the Reds, one with the Braves, one with the Dodgers, one with the Pirates. I mean, literally what I just said. I mean, and then fitting whatever I can around the rest of them. Oh, probably a three man. I think one of them was was one of those stacks and an Oakland, because I like Gomes was cheap as a catcher. I think one was Oakland, one was the Cubs. So you got to find, find a cheap. And then I had like two Fleming, uh, two of them were Fleming lineups. So I was able to fit in, you know, Cincinnati plus the Dodgers, you know, like the, that combined. I think I had Houston in one of them. Houston, maybe Cleveland. I don't know. But you had to find a cheap, cheap team that had the three spots that, that fit in with that. That's what I'm doing for strategy already. But outside of that, I'm not 150 lineups. I'm still under, I'm, I still want to be diversified, not strategically, just bankroll management wise. The more diversification you have, just like in the stock market. You don't make as much when, when your stocks go up, but also you have some stocks go up, some stocks go down. Some stuff goes up, some stocks go down, right? So you're, you could just put it all in, put it all into one, you know, risky stock. And if it goes up, you know, 120% over the next three years, that's brilliant. But it could also it could go down 
you lose the, you can lose eighty percent of your money. You put some of your money into that, but you also put some money into the S and P five hundred or some you know index fund or something. That aren't going to aren't going to be as 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 volatile. When one goes up, the other goes down, and you, you maybe over the course of a year you you make six to eight percent. You know, okay, I'll take that. You're reducing your you're reducing your ROI for the sake of stability, the sake of lack of volatility. So that's why when we take when we took when we take a look at 150 maxers, like not many of them, just like say I'm focusing on like I'm building a core and then building around it. You're not going to see much of that. Some are more than others. Someone like Ricky D tends to build more condensed, someone like petty theft, a lot of times in basketball, much more condensed, but the swings are massive. These are people that could have swings in the course of a month or two of multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now at the end of it, they're up, but do you want these swings? That's not a matter of strategy. That's just a matter of diversification. So I could take a look at a slate and go, the like the Indians, or the Twins yesterday, or the Astros. I thought we we're going to be overowned. Did they end up overowned? Maybe the Astros did. That doesn't mean I don't play them. Doesn't I don't play much of them? But they still they they still had decently high ceilings. I mean, I think Houston was four and Cleveland was five on the entire slate, according to the ceiling and bat in the bat projections. Oh, they're overowned. I can't play them at all. Well, if I was on, well, when I'm playing four lineups, I'm not, right? And four, well, now, yeah, now I have to make choice. Okay, I have four lineups. Who am I choosing to play? Well, I chose my four teams. I'm done. And if Houston, if Houston puts up 15 runs today, then I lose. Okay, so be it. In those four lineups. Well, I'm playing 150 lineups. So in my, in my Houston lineups, which I believe are over-owned, I need to be more contrarian. So in those lineups, they'll, those will tend to have you know, it'll be Houston plus the, the, the Mets against Gosman. And that lineup will be Cole and Fleming. It's like, okay, because then make now I make I make up for the fact that I'm it's an, it's a negative leverage stack, but now I get uh, much more under-owned pieces around it, much more contrarian around it. I make up for that in that one lineup. But am I playing 10 of that lineup? No. If I was if I was only playing twenty lineups, how much diversification can I get in twenty lineups? You could choose to try to get as many. I'll play 20, 25 man, twenty different teams. You you can do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. So when people ask, I'll play twenty lineups. How many teams should I play? There's no answer to that question. Play plus EV lineups. You can play twenty. You could you but in twenty lineups, I could have played twenty red stuff. I could have played 20 breaks. I could have, but it comes down to what's your risk tolerance when it comes to diversification. I play to, if I play 20 red stacks and the reds get shut out, I lose and you lose all your money. If you're fine with that and you do that on every you do that every day, knowing that 90% of the time you're going to lose all you're literally whatever money you put in, you get zero back. Right, if it's the what the four dollar twenty max or something, three dollar twenty max, whatever it is, put in eighty bucks, 
And when you do that, when I'm going to play one stack at all my lineups, okay, well, a lot of days you're going to put in 80 and get back six bucks. Most days, most days are going to be that. And when you do win, it, your lineups are going to look very similar. You're going to come in, oh, I came in 10th and 14th and 22nd, which is fine. And that may only happen, I don't know, four or five times a year, a season. So you will, are you willing to lose 70 bucks on every slate? 70 out of 80 bucks on every single slate for the three to five times that you have a chance, you're up there. If, if you're fine with that, if you if you don't, right? 80, 80 bucks, let's say, let's say you, you lose 60 bucks on the slate playing $80. And you, and you lose it, uh, you know, 120, I mean, do you mind having a downswing of $10,000? six to eight thousand dollars be like hell no well then be more diversified so you don't have those swings so instead of playing 20 of all of one stack go let me play the second best stack that i think also and maybe instead of doing 10 10 and 10 you do 15 and 5 you go okay now i get a little bit more diversification that's still not that much because you're playing only to like the yankees go off and you don't have them well you're dead right you lost money. You're going to lose most of your money. You go, well, maybe I should have a Yankee stack. Well, you could have one Yankee stack. You could have three. You could have two. And it just comes down to just play plus EV lineups. And your diversification is up to your risk tolerance. I tend to be more diversified. Like I said, I had, I had, I had two Marlins stacks. I had seven Pirates lineups yesterday. I still had Rockets. I thought the Rockets were overrun. Yet I still had like I think five or six lineups with full five-man Rockies stacks because baseball is highly varied. I'm gonna have more when I said when I said uh, I had the Reds, the Braves, and the Dodgers. Like out of 150 lineups, like that's like 14. Those are my most exposed teams, right? Those four teams that I mentioned. That only made up half my lineups. That all, all those four teams made up half my lineups. The other half aren't those four teams. But in comparison, I, I had more red stacks, more brave stacks, more Dodger stacks, more Padre stacks in my portfolio than any other team. There's how many? There was 10 games yesterday. There's 20 teams to choose from. So I have four teams of five-man stacks that made up 50% of my lineup. That's pretty he- that's pretty heavy exposure. That's like having uh, four stocks in your portfolio that make up 50%, 50% of the, the equity. The other 50% could be, who knows? You could have 80 other stocks. Now, when those stocks change and you only have 1% of them, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't give you much money. They go, oh, that stock went up 10% this year. Yeah, but it's, it's only 0.8% of my portfolio. So it's, not going to mean that much, but one of one of the bigger exposed stocks goes up or down. Yeah, then then my portfolio goes you know, like that. That's all a matter of risk tolerance. There's no strategy. There's no strategy to how many teams or what percent of how do you have do you go over the field or under the field. None of that matters. Under the field and over the field, I'm it's just a descriptive term to represent how many more or less of my lineups that I have somewhere. So when I said that. I went over the field on Montes. It's not because I, I, it's not because 
I looked and said, Momontas is going to be 18% owned. So I want 30, I want twice that. Like, no, it just, I think Montes is under-owned for his ownership projection. Is more of a shot at beating out Cole and Gosman for twice as little ownership. I want him in more of my lineups. That's it. That's all I, I, I want him in more of my lineups. I want Cole in less of my lineups. I still got like 30% Garrett Cole. I didn't X him out or anything. I didn't set a cap at 20 or 10. I could have. All I wanted was more Montes. And wherever he fit, he fit. I could have I could have said I want 70% Montes in, in, in my portfolio. I could have. How much how, how much do I how much do I want? How much risk do I want to take on? Do I want to just I could X out colon lock button Montes? I could. That would be the ultimate amount of that the most amount of risk. But you're wrong. All your lineups are down. You're right. Great. All your lineups are in good shape. Doesn't mean you're going to win anything. Just one spot. So when it comes to that, it's like, like I said, if it, if it was just about strategy, I would have X'd out Cole yesterday and had 100% Frankie Mike. It was just about strategy. And that's kind of what my four single entry lineups look like. Gausman, Montes, Fleming, Toussaint. That's what it looked like. In those contests, I'm just going based on strategy. I have four lineups. I'm going to play the bet. I'm going to play the highest EV lineups that I think. Knowing that I'm also going to have 150 set with a whole bunch of stuff in it. All over the place. How diversified I want to get is just depending on the risk that you want to take on. People would say that about stocks also. Stock portfolio as well. How many stocks? It's like asking a... a, a Financial advisor, how many stocks should I buy? Like, what is, what is that? There's no number. How much risk do you want to take? That's it. That's all that matters. Okay, let's see. Go through the check. Go through the old chat. Metal Alloy 419, thanks for the soccer breakdown last week. I'm trying to dabble in EPL this season. Be aware of any site that breaks down the various set piece takers for each EPL club. If you sign up to Roto Grinders Premium, Roto Grinders Premium, click $10 to get $10 off in your first month by clicking on the link in the description. And Lineup HQ, the Sean and, and Alex, they always list the set pieces on every slate. Set piece takers. There are tags on Lineup HQ. So if you're playing EPL, like you'll get used to it. There's only 20 teams. And also it depends on who's on the field, who sharing, who could be, who, who knows. But yes, I'd sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. And on every slate, you'll they'll be tagged in lineup HQ. Going through, I go, go through. I, I, I talk for so long that I have to scroll through and see what the hell's going on. Doug Montgomery, I've been having problems deciding what teams to stack in single entry and three max on FanDuel. I know you've said best possible lineup, deciding teams and fading high owned teams. 
whichever, whatever you think is the best. In single entry in three max, okay? I have no problem being contrary. It's more beneficial, okay? It seems counterintuitive, but it's not. Like in, in, in my single entries, but like I had no problem having no podcast. Like that, that, that wasn't hard to do. I had, I had no problem having no poll. That, that's the easy, but to me, that's the easy. That's easy. That's easy peasy. I didn't have Connor Joe as a one-off in single entry. Yeah, I didn't do well, obviously, because he had a leadoff home run. Connor Joe, I think in the, in the 121 was like 42% owned or something on a 10-game slate. So to me, that's easy. That's easy. Don't play it. Connor Joe is 28% in the large field. That's still over-owned, but not as drastically over-owned. Connor Joe puts up a zero that kills 44% of the lineups on a 10-game slate. So X him out. It's the, that's the easy part. Having, no, having none of the top stat. I mean, that's the easy part. So, like, the deciding what teams that, that like, the number one thing you should be doing is find figuring out which which but who you're not playing. Because once you figure out who you're not playing, then everything else is easy because you can play whoever you want after that. You have to worry about, well, should I do this or should I? No, it's like, dude, I'm fading the 50% on this and the 40% on that. It's like at the end of the day, run lineup HQ and put a 4-4 on FanDuel or 4-3-1 or something that projects the best that doesn't have those two. And that, that would be fine. You can do whatever you want at that point. To me, that's the easiest way to play. In single entry, I'm, I'm not necessarily even rooting for the, my team to do well. I'm rooting for the chalk to fail. The chalk fails, then I don't need to score as much. Right? If I'm, I'm, play, if I'm playing, uh, I'm playing in, in single entry, if I'm playing a low-owned you know, Dodger stack or something, I know the Padres are mega-owned and Cole is mega-owned. Like, do I need the Dodgers to put up 10 runs today? No. I need the Dodgers to put up six runs and the Padres and Cole up in. Right? I don't need as many points because so many, so many of the lineups are going to be dead with zeros or low scores. In FanDuel single entry, you have a one-off in a 4-3-1 projecting for one more point than the fourth fan in a 4-4, but it doubled the ownership. You go four three one for projection or the contrarian correlation. I'm most likely going to go. I'm I'm not going to play the higher on guy for just one point of projection. I double the ownership. That's probably not worth it. If I have a choice, but we're now we're splitting hairs here. A lot of times it doesn't matter. A lot of times both lineups are fine. But mathematically. You'd, you'd rather play the lower own person if they, you're only giving up one point. If you double the, you get half the ownership for only one point of projection in a baseball lineup where like the median is going to be like 120 or something. I mean, that's 100 even. I mean, you're giving up 1% of the total lineup projection to remove, uh, but your ownership in that lineup would probably be around 100 also to get 10% of the ownership gone. To me, that's an easy if given that choice, but probably both lineups are plus EV. One's slightly higher, right? But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, see, these are the types of things that I wouldn't like beat my head over. Play whichever one you want. Baseball's high variance. 
You want to go for the, if you want to have the slightly higher projection or you want the more contrarian correlation, but if you're at that point, you're, already, you're, you're probably already a profitable player. Like that decision isn't going to make or break. And that's what people do. They focus on so many decisions that don't matter. I'm not saying that they don't matter at all. But they don't matter as much. I focus on the decisions that matter the most. And when it comes down to decisions that barely matter at all, you just close your eyes, flip a coin at that point. What does it matter? Going through, Jesus, a lot of chatting. A lot of chatting. People are talking amongst themselves. Oh, good, great. That's what I just come here. I won't even say anything and let everyone else. Let everyone else talk about it. Okay, they're talking amongst themselves in the YouTube chat. So hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Did we talk about today's slate now? Because we never do, right? Then we get the comments on the YouTube later. Like, uh, didn't talk about anything about today's slate. It's like, it's a strategy show. If people asked about today's slate, maybe we talk about it, right? If we let's go through some lineups or go through something. But I mean, we also it's a 15 game slate. We got we got what? No, we got oh great. We got oh this is the first game, the Red Sox Yankees first game. We don't get any lineups. Are we even sure who's pitching for some of these teams? Who's pitching for the who's is is Strom pitching for the Padres today? Who knows? Who knows what's going on? So like it's hard to even even discuss that type of stuff. Like, we didn't even know that that guy for the Dodgers was even going to be on the major league roster until like an hour before the game. The Jackson guy who came in for the bulk, bulk of the work after, after whatever, Brule came in. We don't even know. So what, what, what can we talk about? But we, we, we showed some stuff. Lineup HQ, anything, anything like that. Hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live. That's that's actual uh, today's slate analysis because it's later. It's a, we, we will know stuff. So Grinders Live is coming up later today. Crunch time for premium members. So sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click on the link in the description for $10 off your first month. And then uh, we'll go over this 15-game slate tomorrow and uh, answer your DFS strategy questions. As I always do from... Uh, from from, uh, at, uh, from from Monday through Friday. Yeah, I have to get the days right. Monday through Friday, typically, at 11 o'clock Eastern. For the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 